This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Doing the new Mission Impossible, which are great. I love it. I love a good old Mission Impossible movie. They're great, always fun. Yeah. Um, and he's fantastic to watch. The, the, the lad knows how to entertain. Uh, he's mm. he's the bono. He's the bono of the TV of, of the movie screen. He's the big screen, right? He's, he, like go. he knows how to do a big show. That's that is um, the conclusion of this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello and welcome to the Alive in Dublin podcast. I'm your host, Mark. Ireland's biggest ever rock band, U2, released one of their most iconic albums entitled War way back in 1983. To commemorate the 40-year anniversary of this album, myself and Owen decided to have a chat about the album itself and U2 in general. Somehow or another, we got a little bit off-topic and started asking ourselves who has aged better, Bono or Tom Cruise, but we did get a good grip on what the album war meant for U2 and how it propelled them into the stadium rock legends that they inevitably became. As always, thanks to you for listening and for all the warm messages and support that we get from you. This podcast truly has been a life-changing hobby for myself, and I hope to be able to continue to bring you lots of new episodes for the foreseeable future. Remember that we run live podcasts on Monday evening in the Black Sheep Pub on Capel Street. If you'd like to come along to one of those events, just get in touch with us on Instagram. It's a really nice way to get to know some new people and get to meet new people in the city. And now, here's my conversation with Owen. The first time I ever went to a U2 gig, mm. I was like 15 years old and I I was one of those, I'd say at that, at that point in my life, for whatever reason, I loved U2. I had a poster of them in my wall from the Joshua Tree album. I, I, I'd even bought the t-shirt, you know, to go to the gig. I think it was the Vertigo um, tour from that um, album, How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. It was in Crow Park, you know, 
obviously very difficult to get tickets, but I managed to get two tickets and I was up in like the furthest corner. Like he couldn't have been like further <laughs> away from the stage, but stood up throughout the whole gig and just not singing along, screaming along like uh, like a little girl, really, at, at a bloody Harry Styles concert or something. That was me. And I'm not ashamed yeah. to say it. And I remember the guy beside me probably was about 40 years old. And I imagine has been, you know, really with you too so, since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say it to me, but he turned around at one point And you know, when you, you know, when you can, you know what they're saying and they don't have to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know what in, in his mind, he said, I paid to listen to you too, not to you. <laughs> uh, I just remember that was that was definitely in in his mind. Did it quiet um, you? Did you did you did you did you absolutely let, let not go man. Of the lyrics? <laughs> I it was like um uh like a, a religious event for me or something. Mm-hmm. It, you know when you're a teenager you're so angsty and there's there's energy coming out of your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes you don't know what to do with it. You don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much stuff that you're not allowed to do as a kid. You have to obey rules all of yeah. the time. And I think this was just like an uh, a liberation all of a sudden where yeah. I was like I was like, fuck that. I'm just gonna scream my head off in this thing. Was 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 this your first concert or first U2 concert? First Had you U2 been to a gig concert. before? You'd yeah, been to a gig yeah, before. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I've fucking since 10 years old, mate. Oh, uh, man. Like, I was smoking joints out at all the gigs, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't. Uh, um, but the, 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 but yeah, because it, like you two uh, are notorious for their stadium gigs, right? It is like the Vertigo, uh, hello, hello, Vertigo. Uh, with, was a huge one wasn't that a, a in the round was it was it a center central stage and it was like 360 um uh, they had like um they had a stage and then they had um no it wasn't in the middle it was okay. i think it was up at the back of hill 16 if i remember hill correctly 16 is the, but they but, but, but they, they have they, they're they're known for like their since even like um is it zootopia was it was it that yeah yeah, like those, that era of like mammoth, like arena gigs, huge showmanship. And I can imagine being 15 or whatever you were, like suddenly anything was possible. Suddenly the world wasn't, the rules of the world weren't normal anymore. You know, like if, if when you see something like that for the first time, experience something like that for the first time, hear songs like that for the first time live, I can imagine it kind of, crack something in your head and you're like actually you know what and and for you these lads grew up down the road from here yeah they they did um and i think that was a yeah you're right that was a big part of it for me maybe underneath everything you know at that age in your life again following all the rules being so diligent all the time mm-hmm. and here are these guys who like have created a life beyond a dream you know mm-hmm. have become incredible like rock stars and admittedly at the very beginning of their careers they weren't that good um Mm -hmm. it's not me saying that they would say that themselves um Mm -hmm. and obviously they had talent don't get me wrong they had like Mm -hmm. they had something but they weren't what they became 
or it took them a while to really kind of find their 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 way to put together a song and they had to find the right producer and i think yeah, obviously that really yeah. helped yeah. yeah um and anyway, obviously why we're talking about them today is kind of going back to about 40 years this year mm -hmm. so in 1983 they released the album war mm -hmm. um and you could argue that this is when they started to really i mean obviously they had albums before that they were great but yep. that is when they really started to to take on another level yeah um the album is it's got some of their classic songs it has sunday bloody sunday it has new year's day and mm -hmm. um, two songs that they will you know often still play at all of their stadium yeah. stadium and new year's day is like just spectacular new year's day is a fantastic like sunday bloody sunday is brilliant too um and obviously it like um for it's like it became like kind of an anthem of the, the tr troubles um and like yeah. it, i remember it, i think he bono used to come out waving a white flag and things like this when that song was played um so that has a lot that that that's that, like has a lot of weight to it as well and it's a fantastic song the drum um the, the drums in that are like just iconic um Brilliant. but but i've heard it too many times I, it, it, it takes a bit yeah. for me to like want to listen to that now, but uh, New Year's Day, I can throw on like every, like there hasn't been a time I've, I've heard New Year's Day in my, my mix and not wanted to listen to the full thing. It's yeah. fucking great. It's a great track. It is. And it's, it's different to the other songs on, on the album. Uh, yes. Sunday, Bloody Sunday also is different. I feel like, they were they were hitting on something with those songs that that were different whereas the other songs were very one thing about you too i was found is they're very very good at like fitting the the popular music at the time like you can see so many influences from like the cure to david bowie mm. in the album war like some mm. of the sounds in it are it's it's very 1980s and this is yeah. a band who, who managed to sound in the early 2000s very early 2000s mm -hmm. um and in my opinion uh i don't think you two were the ones setting that standard it was i think they were just they were very good at fitting the the musical uh, zeitgeist that, that existed mm -hmm. at the time mm -hmm. um but I, I could be wrong on that. People might disagree, but I thought some of the other songs, and although I like them on the album more, um, they're different. Yeah, it, it doesn't have the same kind of like hook, let's say. Uh, like there's there, yeah, there was just something very unique about Sunday Blood Sunday and stuff. Like, and it, it's funny, it's, it's hard not to, for somebody who hasn't heard the album. It's hard to describe the difference in it, but it kind of like Sunday Bloody Sunday, New Year's Day. Uh, those two definitely stand out. And you kind of let me put it this way: I listened to this album in preparation for this a couple of times this week, and I had it in the background. And whenever Sunday Bloody Sunday and New Year's Day come up, I pay attention. The rest of it can kind of wash over me, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, it's a good song." But I, I did take note. I did take like. Um, I, I there's other songs I really liked. Um, seconds I didn't like. I don't. I find that a bit boring. But um, mm. Drowning Man, uh, the fifth song, I yeah. hear. Uh, I hear another uh, uh, very good Irish band in that. I hear um, Fontaine DC. 
I hear mm. a lot of like influence in in that in Fontaine DC, which is they're they're like another. I, we could do an episode on them as well. But um, so it is it is it, yeah. It, you can tell that this band like you two are kind of they're just on the precipice of like really figuring their shit out. You know, um, what was the yeah. next album after uh, War? Was it Joshua Tree? Mm, good question. I'd have to check it. Um, no, I, I doubt it. Unless it was like three years since they, because I think they released Joshua Three around nineteen eighty six or seven. Um, so I'm I just going to quick they, Google. Maybe that they would have released something in between that, but mm. I could be wrong. Mm. Um, it was uh, find out there what it, uh, what it is. Um, but yeah, I agree. Those songs are. I don't want to use the word filler because they're not filler. But, no, no, no. Um, and, and also, uh, one Unforgettable thing I Fire. Say, the Unforgettable uh, Fire was next, right. and then Joshua Dream. Unforgettable Fire has some mm. other great songs on it as well. Mm. Pride yeah. in the Name of Love. Mm. Um, yeah, they have some classic songs. Like to be able to mm. write songs like that. Well, the thing about the album War is I found it was a very U2 album in the sense that you can hear each individual of the of the four of them you can really hear their influence so yep. uh, you can hear bono being very bono at times <laughs> the edge the edge's guitar is very almost stereotypically edge um, mm. and and the drums and the bass also yeah larry mullen is brilliant in this larry the drums are really stand out in a lot of these songs he's he's really on on tip top shape for for this album yeah but i think obviously they made a conscious decision to do that because of the title, you know, the album being war yeah. and, you know, drums, the drums of yeah. war, like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. made a, a conscious decision to do that, which is impressive. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that, that is like a good album, not my favorite U2 album, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah. But I, I do think it, it it's worth kind of acknowledging 40 years since that album that's a long time it's mad right it's mad yeah. I, I i i again like i'm not i'm not a huge youtube fan i there's there's definitely some bangers in there that i, I love listening actually do i do enjoy doing is i like watching um live concerts like the, the 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 dvds and stuff like that which you and i had a habit of doing during hangovers for a period we'd yeah. watch uh, zootopia and things like this um which is always entertaining and it happened to me recently i was in uh, I was in, uh, I stop name dropping on. I was away somewhere, right? And um, <laughs> I was in a museum and I was waiting for this um, exhibition thing to start. But in the meantime, they put on a U2 concert in Paris like a couple of years ago. And I was like, ah, oh, this is brilliant. And I sat down with a pint and I, I, I actually got disappointed when they stopped the, the DVD to show the, the, the exhibition because I was like, really getting into the songs. But they, they're, they're, their showmanship and and the entertainment of Bono. Think what you want of Bono and wh- where he puts himself in the world nowadays. Like he's he's definitely yeah. done good stuff, but like he's got a big ego, and sure we all know that. But um, yeah, he's a hell of a front man. God, he can hold the audience in his hand. Like he's he knows how to keep you watching him. Yeah, he's it, at that. He's a genius. Yeah, he's a genius at that, and he's an intelligent man anyway. Mm. Um. And I, I think one thing about Bono is he's really, uh, he knows the importance of the call. I know he's very egotistical himself, 
mm. and very maybe a Mayfainer, as we would say in Ireland, like thinks about himself only. But actually, he's very good at working with other people in, mm-hmm. you know, in U2. Okay. Obviously, he always references the group. I saw an interview with him recently and, you know, he, he will say, like, I am nothing without those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that is the truth, I think. And I, I'm, I'm glad that he acknowledges that. But also when he talks about other organizations that he's helped to build, like the one uh foundation which i think um does humanitarian work around the world he's always referencing the team that helped him to build that mm-hmm. he's like i couldn't have like i don't have a clue what i'm doing i just wanted to do this and other people made this possible not me so mm-hmm. he i think he's quite good at that uh, mm-hmm. and that in, in in a way is his own genius of how to work with people and how to get the best out of people yeah. um yeah. and then how to take it to a next level he's very ambitious as well yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, he like, he, yeah. That that's a word that you could put with him. Ambitious. Like he, from from, he's got so far now, and you see him in so many places, and done. He's done so many things because he believed he could do those things for from for a long time. You know, for years he's been like pushing the boundaries of what you think a band or a person can do. You know, I mean, he's like this is it. They're like kind of you two. Like to go back to the band, you two has gone to a, a whole different level of of influence and fame i mean they're not on the, the average like richter scale of music nowadays they're, they're it's a different thing whether it's good or bad whether the album's successful or not it doesn't matter because you two have like broken the stratosphere of what bands do and and how they're they represent and influence music you know i mean and, you, and i say that hands up saying i'm not a huge fan of theirs like there's there's certainly albums i don't like i didn't like um uh no what was it no line on the horizon and stuff like this there there's mm. some like just really not great albums um i feel so but i'm still able to admit like ah geez but you too have like done things that people couldn't imagine a band doing you know yeah and also like it's it's impressive from the point of view of um, like they if you read his book i'm not sure i finished it and i kind of stopped reading it but i will get back to it yeah they faced a, a lot of rejection at the beginning. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, you'll hear that story typically from a lot of successful artists, business people, whatever. Mm. Um, but, you know, going over, to, I think he went over to London with Ali Hewson, his, his now wife, you know, just the two of them, you know, desperately trying to just search for a record deal, and, mm. you know, coming back empty handed, um, thinking that was it. You know, like it's, it is, it's, it is wildly impressive what they did. And I think maybe coming from, let's say nothing and becoming what they, they ended up being, maybe that's why Bono always felt like I have to push the boundaries here. Otherwise we're not, we're not going to make it or we're going to be found out or something, Mm -hmm. you know, that. Uh, that anxiety that comes from having had nothing or co- starting mm-hmm. with 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 nothing, perhaps mm-hmm. is why he became such an incredible uh, frontman and showman. And you're right, like he, um, I've been, I was lucky enough to go to two U2 concerts, so I went to see them again years later in the um, the Point, which is now the Three Arena, mm-hmm. um, and his way of, well, first of all, yeah, his way of 
like manipulating the crowd is spectacular. Like obviously there's not really anybody in the world that has that much experience doing what he is <laughs> yeah, doing. That much crowd work. Yeah. 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 Like he <laughs> yeah. would have a fantastic CV if he was going for like a front man of a new band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then also nowadays, you know, they have a little bit of money behind them as well. The lights, the mm. everything else that comes with it is it's it's not you cannot say it's a gig mm. um it almost goes above being a concert yeah 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 it's but like a, it's, a it's, it's not it's, it's not fair to say that a new band up and coming that you know don't have a lot of money they might be fantastic whatever but just a lot of guys or girls playing instruments music could be so much better than you twos but it's not the same. Like, I don't want it to yeah. sound like real cheesy and go, it's an experience going to a YouTube. No, 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 but, yeah, but I agree. I, I think, I think it is. I think they, 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 it's submersive. Like it's immersive. Maybe is the word. I don't know. But like, it's, it's visual. It's like, it, it's like you, you take part in different ways. Like, I think, I think the only one that can kind of, the only guys who are kind of like trying to, like, I, I like, People are doing the round thing now, right? So doing it in the round is like when the, the stage is in the center and it's a 360 audience. You see that happening more. Like Ed Sheeran does that and everything. But for fuck's sake, Ed Sheeran, I'm sure he does a great gig. I'm sure he's amazing to see live. But it's him and a bloody acoustic guitar. I mean, with a loop pedal. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't do much with that, right? I mean, you could just... And I know like um, uh, Coldplay are meant to do pretty big shows and stuff like this. But you two just take it to a different... This is what I'm saying in stratosphere. I'm thinking that they, they just have a whole new it's like um what could you like it's like a theater experience as well, right? It's like going to yeah. see an, uh, a Broadway show and a fucking great rock concert at the same time. <laughs> Remember when the U2 wrote the music for the Spider-Man musical and it totally flopped? <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, not everything's a winner. <laughs> not everything is a winner. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, and I'll be honest, it might be the last few albums um haven't been great. Uh but they also had it didn't the lads write the the, the two boys Ari, Le, Ari uh, Larry and Adam they wrote the um, kind of hook for Mission Impossible the um, what's the Mission Impossible but that one no they didn't today because they wrote Mission that Impossible yeah. was like really sure, like they were they were hundred percent around when Mission Impossible first came out. No, no, yeah. but here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, little, little. Let's go on a little tangent. Uh, Mission Impossible was a TV show before it was a, a movie. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like um, it was like second the Saint or one of these ones. It was like yeah, it was like a 1970s TV show. Like nothing to do with um, uh, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah, a TV show. I'm just going to see when it was made. Speaking of which, uh, yeah. uh, I, I another small tangent. I was watching um, Drive to Survive, the new series of that you know Formula One thing on on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. One of the episodes, Tom Cruise is in the in the what you call that the area where they fix the cars. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, lay in the pits. The pit stop. The, yeah. the pits. <laughs> he was in the pits. <laughs> well, man, easy. It's it's weird. Like he looks old, but at the same time, he doesn't. And yeah. it's a, it's a it's a bizarre look. I think it's in his eyes. In his eyes, you can see his true age because he's in his like he must be in the sixties now at this point. Yeah, uh, he's fifty nine, sixty. I'd say definitely. Yeah, but he's still like he still looks ripped. Um, yeah, still has perfect hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah. it's, it's all this. It's all this Zano's uh, like Scientology power, man. I mean, it's it's keeping them young. I mean, they're giving them like yeah. I don't know. Is it is it like is it the 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 energy the, like the the Tathan energy? Because he's a mad Scientologist, man. He's a mad Scientologist. Loves the old Scientology. Yeah. Um, play to him the, for sticking with it all these years, like, like sure. <laughs> it must be, but you must be getting something out of it because, like, it's it doesn't like not many people talk well of it nowadays. But, exactly, um, that's my point. You know, I can understand when you know he was young and in Hollywood, and it was the thing to do. And you're like, oh yeah, man, these guys are gonna take me to the next universe or whatever fuck it is that they believe. <laughs> but surely he's had so many people going, ah, Tom, now, which not like. No. <laughs> well, his wife and his daughter did that they're you like they're sure look i'm out of here i can't be doing this yeah. um but no, I, hear, it, I, hear, I i'd like, like to just go i'd like to just say tom would you just you know the whole kind of scripture thing that you're basing this on would you just would you read it out loud for me um, <laughs> just, i just want you to be able to hear what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> just just that's all that's all and we'll have a we'll have a moment of reflection after that all right <laughs> yeah and if you if you turn around to me after that and you say i'm still into this then go for it full, full steam ahead tom and um, and and more power to you <laughs> oh, very good but i think he's he's definitely the action days are on their way out because he's um he's doing the new mission impossible which are great i love it i love a good old mission impossible movie they're Brilliant, always fun yeah. Um, and he's fantastic to watch. The, the, the lad knows how to entertain. Uh, he's mm. he's the bono. He's the bono of the TV of of the movie screen. He's the big screen, right? He's he, like go. he knows how to do a big show. That's that is um, the conclusion of this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's he's doing two, two. It's a two part of the next Mission Impossible because they know he's going to break an ankle and it ain't going to. It's going to take him a while to heal. You know, it's going to be something's going to yeah. happen him sometime soon, and he just won't be able to do it as much anymore. But uh, yeah. yeah, there you go. So Bono to Bono of the big screen. There you are. I tell you who definitely who won the um, the battle in, on aging between Tom Cruise and Bono would have been would be Tom Cruise. I have to say, because um, I saw Bono doing an interview recently, and or he, he actually there was a picture of him walking through Temple Bar as well. Yeah. And this is going to sound really harsh. And listen. It's going to be me one day too and the irish genetics i don't think help but you know that scene in lord of the rings where that king becomes really old um <laughs> like he turns into this like um, obviously that's an exaggeration but geez he looks, Bono, he looks like an old man and oh and yeah. he is yeah, yeah but i think even more he's, he's done not a crazy lot of, old but he's old but he's not crazy old you know he's like he's he's what 64 I, yeah, yeah, he'd be in his mid sixties, I'd say. Anyway, but he al- almost looks even 62? older than that. He looks yeah, older yeah, yeah, than yeah. sixty-two. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I agree. I, I like not to be, not to be. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to look the same as way as well, definitely. But um, you know, it, it's a, it's the cost of a fast life, man. If you live your life in the fast lane. 100%. You know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna show the skid marks. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> not, a, not a lot of sleeping. Not a lot of sleeping, but uh, he seems uh, this, to be out and about and doing it though, so he, it hasn't slowed him down. At this point, I'd just like to say that this episode is sponsored by Oil of Ole. Towards a day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the yeah. skid marks of life show. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, Owen, a pleasure as always. Oh, thank you, good sir. <clears throat> another another trip down memory lane in this one, but um, looking forward to seeing what we talk about next. 
Yeah, maybe we should talk about something more current and up to date next week. Uh, we'll figure that out. <laughs> Big. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.